Hello, welcome to Payne's Plough's Insights. Insights is a new series of podcasts live from the Payne's Plough rehearsal room where our director and playwright reflect on the week's progress, featuring a different guest each week. The following content may contain occasional strong language. Hello and welcome to episode three of You Stupid Podcast. My name is James Grieve and I am directing You Stupid Darkness by Sam Steiner, who is here with me. Hi, Sam. Hi, James. Good to be back. Good to be back for episode three. Uh, Also with us, very exciting, our special guests today are the entire company of actors. So, welcome. We have Becky. Hi. Andrew. Hello. Lydia. Hello. And David. Hi. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, Sam, end of week three of rehearsals. We've just done our first run of the play. How are you feeling? Yeah, I feel good. I feel good. I think we're in a really good place. I think we've got through a miraculous amount in the last three weeks. And it's nice to have the next, essentially, two weeks till we meet an audience, right? So we've got two weeks to just refine and uh, figure out kind of the arcs of each character and, um, and just... Just get it ready. (laughs) Um, But I think we're in a really kind of really good place. And I'm surprised at how far through we are. Uh, That is good to hear. Um, Two weeks till we meet an audience. How does that make you feel, guys? Terrifying. Um, Are you terrified? A little bit. A bit excited, but terrified. Yeah, but a healthy amount of terrified, I guess. A healthy amount of terrified. Yeah, which is the best kind of terrified. The best kind of terrified is a healthy yeah. amount of it. Um, so the biggest change that happened this week was uh, that we moved from a very tiny room at Payne's Plough's offices on the Aldwych in London to what I think is one of the most spectacular and wonderful rehearsal rooms in the whole country. Uh, tell us about this room and tell us about how it was to, to change from a very, very small rehearsal room to... Well, it's pretty large in here. Yeah. It's a big square. (laughs) (laughs) It's really tall. It's got lovely windows with the sea outside. Yeah. Which is ridiculously good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. To look at that every day. And we have more or less all of the set here. Which is amazing. Which is really kind of unusual to have like week three of your rehearsals, you know what I mean? Mm hmm. So it's nice to get in there. It's a. A lot bigger than what we had in Payne's Plaza. It's a bit It's about 10 unusual. in the Payne's Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's about 10. Yeah. Um, it's nice to have more space, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, and we just, we've got a lot more space for things like throwing a tennis ball around, oh, yeah, which, which is the most important thing. Which, is the main which I'm sure yes. we'll move on to yeah. at some we'll point. We'll definitely come back to throwing a tennis yeah. ball around. You just want to get in there yeah, quick yeah, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. most important yeah. thing. Ball games do feature quite heavily in our rehearsal days. Yes, so it's an enormous room, and I think the most magnificent feature is the windows that surround us overlooking the sea. And the set, James. And the set, amazing. I'm sure, yes, the set. But I've rehearsed here a couple of times in the past and I think the it feels really magical and it feels like the quality of concentration the quality of work that you get here um, is unlike almost anywhere else is that have you have you had that sense since we moved from central London to the deep southwest definitely yeah I think that because the bridge is closed there's 55 minute walk to do but that is (laughs) actually really helpful because you feel like when you land here you can't nip off to Debenhams or whatever. So just explain that, 55-minute walk from where to where? So from the digs that I'm staying in, which are on the seafront, but around the marina. So you walk along the seafront and then all the way around the marina and then out to Neptune Park where TR2 yeah. is. And then you feel, there is a, you, there's a different sense of kind of 
uh, of arriving at rehearsal and starting rehearsal than there is when you're an old witch and getting off the tube and running up the stairs. And it's really quiet though, isn't it, compared mm-hmm. to old witch? You know what I mean? Like if you have the window open, you can hear horns and sirens and stuff. But here you just hear nothing. Except yeah, what you that's rehearsing. so Except true. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you like carry around with you all home stuff yeah. and everyday life stuff not just rehearsals but here you're kind of just forced to just forget all of that because mm-hmm. there's no other opportunity to, that's like the say, big deal for me there go Debenhams if so. you're away from home because you wake up in the morning and it's about work mm. and then there's the walk I mean actually Becky and I live pretty close to each other in terms of our digs and from my front window I can see the rehearsal room but I can also see the coast as, as in or the makeup of the British Isle part and I go, God, it's really far away. If I could get a boat, <laughs> <laughs> or Please yeah. see that. So one, that's though. a little bit of a You'd be such a baller if you were Off to rehearsal. <laughs> but then you get here, and that's because it is you're away from home. You, the, you, you focus, I don't know, just my partner's going to listen to this and be really pissed off at me, but <laughs> the focus is greater, absolutely. Yeah. And it's about everything's about that day rehearsing, yeah. yeah. Which also, I mean, has its downsides because you kind of don't switch it off towards the end of the week, yeah. yeah you're still yeah. thinking about work, but um, it all becomes kind of the, the, cons- the fact that it consumes you in that sense is quite good, I think, because you just focus and get on with it. I'd like this sounds like a really pr- profoundly nonsensical thing to say, Go but on. like it sort of gives you space for bigger ideas. I think there's been chats had this week that we didn't have in week one and two in. Yeah. in Aldwych, because it became about the minutiae of what we're doing, because we're in a small space. And this gives you a space for sort of bigger existential questions about what we're doing, mm. I think. Mm. But it has made it harder. <laughs> <laughs> like it was all fit and fat put this on next week, we're totally fine. And then you get here and go, oh no, there's so much to be done. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> in what way? So just unpack that bit. How, how does moving into the set, as opposed to just an empty room, suddenly give you more to do and challenge you more? Well, like, if you, when you go to tech, it's normally when you get the set, um, there's so, it all falls apart again. So you might have had a fantastic last run through in the rehearsal room and it falls apart and then the first preview is hairy and then it goes, it gets steadily better. Um, But I think then if you kind of make that, if you shorten that process, get to set before you are fully rehearsed, you go, (gasps) I don't know, it's, it's, you're sort of more fragile, really, so it all yeah. starts to fall apart immediately. Mm-hmm. So the bits you thought you had down or that you'd found a great kind of subtlety or whatever with, or you thought, oh, that's really great, that's going well, it falls apart. Even if it's just as simple as the set's a bit bigger or, like, there's more props here or, like... Mm-hmm. That, that walk well, we didn't even have space at Painsbury to do a markup, did we? The first time we experienced the full extent of the playing space was when we arrived here. Yeah. Mm. And the kitchen. And the kitchen, there's a kitchen. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. On the, Spoiler. It's a really technical play. We were talking on last week's episode to uh, Rosie about all the props in the play. As actors, when you start encountering props, how does that change things for you, or what challenges does that throw up? There's an annoying thing where you go, you can't remember how to use a phone. Yeah, <laughs> because you're suddenly doing it as a character standing by this chair. <laughs> how do I answer a phone? There was a point where Ali, I was like, I won't be able to hold it, I won't be able to hold this thing. And Ali just sort of, Ali's our movement director, just got a hold of the phone and went like this. I went, oh, yeah, yeah, just with the other hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Multitasking in everyday life is fine, but suddenly when you get yeah. in a space 
and you have to do lines and overlapping and, and phone and other bits. You just suddenly sort of go, I'm totally incapable of doing this. Yeah. Well, it's like you said to me about the trombone. Could you just do that and do this and do that? And I had to just stop you and say, it's actually just that I can't walk and talk at the minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so the trombone, spoiler alert, everyone who's coming to see the show, uh, just tell us a little bit about that, because that is a particularly special prop and uh, moment for your character. Okay. So first of all, I should say I do not play an instrument. I used to play the tuba when I was 11 to 12. Um, Cool. But I can't, I mean, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, this is good fun. Tough couple of years. <laughs> uh, and so, therefore, I've had to pick up this brass instrument from scratch pretty much. Although, like, it was, I've only had an hour's lesson and I can string it together mm. with the music. But uh, yeah, this is so, I've, yeah, I, my character John has been forced to play the trombone as a way of feeling a bit more positive about things. That's not giving too much away, is it? No, that's no. fine. Uh, and so therefore, David now has to play the trombone. And it's it's a, it's a special moment, I think. It's, it's a special a moment, yes. Thanks, you babe. play Ode to Joy uh, spectacularly mm -hmm. uh, at Thanks. the end of one of the scenes. Uh, what is the weirdest thing you've had to learn how to do as an actor for a character? Great question. Oh my gosh. I mean, if anyone can beat playing the trom playing Ode to Joy on the trombone, I'll be impressed. Do you know what? When I first started doing like, drama as a kid, I didn't know where I wanted to go, so my mum put us in musical theatre, which wasn't really my bag anyway, but the first show we did at the musical theatre group was Thoroughly Modern Millie, and I played Ching Ho. It was like a and my script came in with a Mandarin CD, because my, my words went Mandarin. Wow. <laughs> so I had, to sit at home. I had to sit at home. There were songs as well I had to sing. So I used to sit with a CD player and pop it in, and I'd just be sitting. It would be like, I think my first line. It's weird, but my first line is "No go dakwe hoto yum," which means, and I just when I was thirteen, it means I don't like that woman. Oh, sorry, it just sounds. But yeah, so I played. And I had to sing loads of songs in Mandarin, which was weird. Talking of singing songs in foreign languages, oh, Lydia. Don't. This is what I'm talking about. So, what do you? What does your parents have to do? I think we maybe did we mention this in the previous it episode. It's really been a struggle to learn a song in French and just pick things off the floor. <laughs> it's just been real. Well, yeah, walking and singing, but singing in a different language. So I have to sing. My character sings "Levy on Rose," but in French. Um, and yeah, it's just been. Much harder than it should be. <laughs> <laughs> He's really what I have um, to say. Becky, weirdest thing you've had to do as an actor? Um, I can't think of anything weird that I've had to learn. I did lie at an audition and said I could play... I wasn't going to say what show that was for. <laughs> <laughs> did you get it? And, could, and said I could play the drums, which I do not play the drums. <laughs> so my brother... We went to Voodoo in Leicester, which is kind of one of those hippie shops, and bought a bongo. <laughs> and then he taught me how to play some stuff on the bongos. Wow. And then I had to go to the audition listening to the guy before me playing Mozart on a flute. And then I went in and was like, okay, guys. <laughs> are you do you ever, or are you tempted to lie in auditions to get the part? Oh. As in about skills, I mean, not like, yeah. you know, yeah. not yeah. like, hi, I'm Matt Damon. <laughs> 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 I need that money. Yeah, but, but if you think you can achieve, I wouldn't lie about, yeah. 
something that would be totally out of hands. But if, if somebody suddenly went like, you know, are you, are you a proficient horse rider? Yeah, I'd say yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and then I'd get on the internet. Learn it on, on, on YouTube. <laughs> 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 I'd sit back to front on a chair. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, no, I would lie about that, definitely. I think it depends. If you think, <laughs> oh, I can get I can get up to speed by opening night yeah. or whatever, yeah. or yeah. rehearsals day one, then you might just have a think yeah. about on the way in. Well, I lie about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you think you can do it, yeah. I put, I put my Rubik's Cube on my CV, and I think people think I'm taking the piss. Because there's an option on Spotlight, which is Rubik's Cube Expert. <laughs> and you <laughs> are that. And you are. I swear down, and I've popped it on the list. It's now, the since you've mentioned this skill of yours... Mm. The dark horse. Uh, there, <laughs> there, no, <laughs> there was no Rubik's Cube initially written into the play, was there, Sam? No. And yet, there is one now in the play. Mm. Uh, keep up. Why is this... True. Well, when I was 15, I <laughs> had little friends, and I, little no, tiny, yeah, <laughs> tiny friends, I mean, like, short guys, um, <laughs> and I learned how to do the Rubik's Cube when I was, like, 15, and over the, uh, like, I can do it in less than a minute now. So, Which is an unbelievably impressive thing to witness, uh, <laughs> seeing somebody complete a Rubik's Cube in under a minute, so we couldn't resist popping it in. Popping it in. Um, that's, that's another thing, I suppose, if you, do you have hitherto undiscovered special skills that you've ended up using in shows or on screen? I don't think I have any no. skills. No. Apart from being a Rubik's Cube expert. Yeah, man. And a former tuba player. Well, the, yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the balloon, balloon animals, that is something I can oh, yeah. 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 Yes. I did mention it, Sam, but you have you know I, 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 If we could find the right moment, I would love you to do balloon animals. Well, you're you're off opening scene. I mean, all you've got to do is find it. <laughs> right. I've been right. joking. Mate, it's week four. <laughs> no, because that's one of the things I'm lying about. Joke. <laughs> um, stay tuned uh, next week you will find out on You Stupid Podcast where the balloon animals are in the show um, so you mentioned earlier Lydia chucking a tennis ball around yes we are playing quite a lot of ball games yes oh, there it goes <laughs> there goes the tennis ball Sorry, yes the tennis ball was at the table with us when yeah. we were recording the podcast uh, so tell us about Foursquare what is it uh. So it's this game called Foursquare and there's four squares taped on the floor and it's four players and you knock someone out by hitting the ball out of the square. Is that you get it out? in your own. Thanks, someone's saying, I won't be very good at describing it. It's like ping pong. It's like ping pong. It's like ping pong. But it's become super competitive, this game, and now we've got a leaderboard. Um, Which James isn't on. James, myself, and I think there's a third person that's on it, Rosie. Um, on, on it. I um, am just lulling you all into a full <laughs> sense of security before storming to championship victory. Just thought I'd give you all a little bit of a head start, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah. So yes, four squares on the floor, and you—it's like exact table tennis. Good. So if you imagine yeah. if you're playing doubles table tennis, yeah. but four squares on the floor with a kind of um, football size mm -hmm. ball, and you you hit it into someone else's square and try and get them out. Uh, and when you're out, uh, you move around to the when if you stay in, you move around until you're on the fourth square, which is the winning square. Mm -hmm. Everyone else queues up to get involved in the game. So we play this. 
twice a day. Twice a day. For seven minutes. For seven minutes. Why did we do seven minutes again? I just suggested. We should do ten. We could do ten. Yeah, I think we should do ten. An hour. Do an hour. I'll get here early. The hour it becomes a stamina game. Who drops first? Who'd played it before? I have. I have played it. You never know. But not... Not what? well. This has become not competitive. Yeah, this yeah, is the most yeah, competitive it's, 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 it's been yeah. in any rehearsal. Yeah. yeah. So why do you think? Because it is a it's a game that is played a lot in rehearsal rooms. Yeah. I suppose why do why is it good to play games at the start of every day or after lunch? And why is this one so popular? Do you think? That's if although we've touched upon Plymouth being really tranquil and nice, and you don't really feel like you're bringing any baggage in in the morning. I think in the morning it's got to let go of whatever you've brought in and kind of get in tune with everyone else. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You kind of, you do, yeah. you forget yeah. about everything and then, oh, yeah, shit, we're going to rehearse. Oh, yeah, yeah, we've kind of cleared all our minds, right? Yeah. And also, it's just really fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's playful, isn't it, like with each other, not to say, like, oh, God, it's one of those no, exactly. monkey yeah. actor things to say in it, but if you come in the morning and all you've had to do is sort of cough to each other while having a coffee yeah. uh, and then get up to do a scene. A bit more fun, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know, it's get tuning in with each other a bit yeah. and uh, being a laugh with each other. Got seven minutes on the phone. Just, 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 okay. just say that. Seven on the phone. And it's good that it's competitive. Yeah. I think if it was just a game that nobody won, if it was like if it was just the tennis ball, sometimes after lunch we also chuck a tennis. I keep looking at the recorder. And may I keep the <laughs> Like if we were just chucking it between <laughs> us, I think that we'd just eventually go. But there's something about I quite like that. There's a time limit. It's like right after seven yeah. minutes, somebody's yeah. going to win mm. this. Yeah. 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 So you rev up a little bit. And I'd be yeah. closely refereeing it. Oh dear. Very well. <laughs> yes. Getting all the line calls just right. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So and you had to sit out a day of four square because why? Because. I Overstretched my hand. He's overstretched, he's overstretched oh, his really hand. Yeah. <laughs> he's overstretched his hand. So he had to be referee, and uh, terrible he was at it. Go. <laughs> Go. Oh, I mean, you've started. <laughs> um, so, and you've been playing lots of other ball games with Annie as well as as part of a, a daily warm up. So just tell us, just describe the, what you do for the first like, half an hour every day. So. Annie leads us in a stretch, and we have a stretch out. Sometimes that's very calming, and sometimes it's about literally stretching. So we do quite hardcore yoga. We haven't done as much of that recently. And then we get in a line on one side of the room, and we one of us leads a dance move across the room, which makes you feel like an idiot, but it's quite good because then everybody has to look like a bit of an idiot, and you start losing that sense of being an idiot, which is helpful. Um, And then what else do we do? Um, and then we'll play a bit of a ball game, oh, like get the ball in the, bin. in the bin, so you have to keep it up, and everyone has to make sure they've hit it before we can score and get it in the bin. And that's nice because it's a group thing; it's not you're not yeah. playing against one another; you're playing with one another. Mm. I think it's yes. really important. There is also a ball game in the play that yeah. Francis, the manager of Brightline, makes us all play, and I'm, I'm just seeding this so that. This doesn't sound like I'm totally at an arsehole. But John, my character, 
resists playing them because he doesn't like playing that game. And if I'm honest with you, I'm getting a bit saturated with the ball games now, and I think it's because I'm constantly playing them, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. Foursquare, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if you want to set yeah. up Foursquare yeah, for a couple of days, that's fine, I find it quite frustrating now. Yeah, just chucking, and I'm, I'm always dropping it now. I think, like, let's see me looked at today. I kept missing the ball. Sorry, guys, I know it's not team a therapy wow. session. Too many ball games. Yeah. I did say that to you at one point. I'm getting really sad. <laughs> <laughs> Throw my dummies at the pram. I'd happily right. take right. over in that scene, by the way. What's that mean? I'd happily take over in that scene and would play cr- catch. Would crush it? With yeah, okay. the <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to sit down to go and chat. Do my legs from a seated position. That's why I'm getting saturated with it. It's not because it's... Because it's it's, it's quite a lot to deal with for my now ageing brain. Yeah. I mean, and <laughs> talking, so just talking about saturation, end of week three, you're sort of living and breathing the play, and particularly now you you moved away from homes and friends and families and partners. Um, how how is How is it going through a sort of four-week rehearsal process and then tech? How does that... What, what levels of concentration and energy and focus does it require to get you through that? I do a similar thing to kind of what Joey gives us advice in the thing. I take it a week at a time. Right. I don't really think about it as four and a half weeks. I think about, oh, we'll get this week out of the way. Another week, new week. So I don't really feel... I think that's my way of making it not seem as stressful and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. You think you could because I think you get you prepare yourself to come in on a Monday morning in Plymouth and do X Y Z, and then suddenly two days have gone by, and by Tuesday, so much has happened, so many big conversations have happened that have changed so much about what you're doing, that then you go to the pub and can't really switch off. Like you were saying about, it's really hard to kind of mm-hmm. s- switch up your brain off from this thing that you're starting to make, because it, it'll take one thing somebody says in a rehearsal to spin you for a day or two to go oh that sort of changes everything actually that I thought and now we're not going to go back to week one until Thursday whatever and I'm going to have to write that down or try and remember that so it's kind of all consuming because it keeps changing Mm. it isn't just like building a puzzle it's like you start to do that and then it all gets knocked down so you have to start again it's it's kind of I don't know it's kind of you can't especially with new writers you can't really get too attached to something can you exactly yeah because I keep cutting it. Because Sam just comes in, cutting away. So we've made a few, yeah, we made a few text changes and cuts this week, but not a massive amount. It's 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 little kind of like really detailed tweaks rather than rather than structural tweaks at this point, I think, which you guys are handling like champs. <laughs> um, and just on the text, so we we talked a lot in the in the first episode when we were talking about the, about the play about the way Sam's formatted the text. In uh, first of all, that it's slightly weird on the page, but also there's a lot of overlapping. How's that been for you guys? Because it's unfamiliar this kind of text, right? Yeah, it's difficult. Do you know? Because there are some times where it just leads into duologues the odd interruption of something. And those are, in fact, I would say that they were even pretty much in at the end of week one, if not certainly by the half of week two. So you're like, oh my God, it's going to be a piece of piss. And then those little bits where there's four or five different com- phone conversations happening at once, plus action, 
Yeah, you mm. just dissolve. But, you know, it's quicker that that's happening now and not in the take or anything. Because mm. that would be scary. I think once you've, when you've got the scripts and you're reading it as a group, it kind of feels all right. But the moment you ditch your script, and you're like, oh, shit, where mm. do I come in with this? Yeah. And then it only takes one line wrong to knock it all out of rhythm. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, and you, you, I mean, because you, you, you notice it straight away, do you know what I mean? Like, you'll be like, oh, something wasn't right then, we'll find it. And then you've just got to reread it and then fit that in. Yeah. yeah. And your cues, we've talked about this a lot, like your, a lot of your, when you're on the telephone, there's a lot of, obviously a lot of, we're in a, a call centre, so there's a lot of on the phone. Your cues are not what the other person on the end of the phone is giving you. Your cue is yeah. something and you're saying in a different phone call on the phone. One word halfway through a sentence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. is your cue to then say your next yeah. bit. I was saying to David, actually, on a break today, it was like there's a point in uh, the first scene when Joey's phone rings and I walk down, still on the phone, and I knew I was supposed to be saying something. Mm-hmm. So it was just sort of nodding, going, I know, I'm so, I know I've had my cue and I'm supposed to be saying something, blah, 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 and then I move over there. So it is like <laughs> a, a ballet rather yeah, than yeah. Totally. those first bits. Yeah. And what, like, the, the, in some scenes, well, not some, most scenes, I think, there is a rhythm, it's almost mu- it's musical. Um, you know where the rise and falls of the, that is, but when it, you're, there's a conversation happening normally between John and Joey in terms mm-hmm. of my track, but and so you, there's a rhythm being created, but there's also two other rhythms happening, mm-hmm. which is Angie and Francis, and to try and then to marry those up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to be tuned in and out, don't you? Yeah, like, you've that's got to tune in like this, that tunnel vision, to, but mm. also yeah. yeah, still know where you're going. I have in. the peripheral. Uh-huh. It was really challenging with the phone calls. I've the play starts for me 10 pages of a phone conversation when I have to be responding to who's on the other end but I have to also be responding to three actors on mm-hmm. stage and their cues so oh that first 10 pages yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like being in a choir isn't it yeah 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 so much more yeah. at once we'd be a great choir I think we'd be a shit class, man. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit fit. We could give it a go. On you prep something for next week's podcast. Have a little. Yeah, you do. Yeah, great intro or something. Yeah, great. Yeah, we could record a new jingle. Um, that's brilliant, guys. We should let you go to the pub at the end of a long, hard week. Uh, thank you very much for joining us for episode three. Uh, we hope you're enjoying the podcast. Let us know what you think on at Payne's Plough on all social media channels. And uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks very much. Bye. 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 <laughs>